Hello, hello, Desperate Housewives superfans. Guess what? We're back. Better than ever. Better forever. We just lost all of our listeners. They're like, <laughs> everybody yeah, clicks unsubscribe. Back. Anyway, welcome back to We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We about this tweet I saw that said Alpha and Glenda switch harmonies in for good. Yeah, I know. I noticed that when I was 13 years old. I've never noticed it once. Um, but that's my Roman Empire today, is that they did that. You know, for the amount of times we've sung Wicked <laughs> in a public <laughs> setting, <laughs> you would think that you would have caught on by now. I can barely remember the lyrics. You think I remember what the harmony? Who who has what harmony? That's fair. You know, listeners, we have a video up on our TikTok account, which is uh, our most recent performance at a Burbank karaoke bar, and we sang "One Short Day." And it's so funny because Christy, in fairness, we worked very hard on the choreography, but Christy, uh, the lyrics are on the screen, and she still doesn't know them. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay, they didn't specify whose part was what. Okay, in that karaoke recording. Let let so me let me be clear. Let me be clear. Let me not mince words here. There are buildings tall as quaxwood trees. <laughs> dress salons. Hmm. Which character do you think says dress salons? Who? And then libraries. Who do you think cares more about libraries than dress salons? Hmm, this is a real thinker. Anyway, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm Christy Gomez. And I'm Summer Moran. <laughs> <laughs> Palaces, Museum 100 Strong. There you go. <laughs> See, I've never thought too hard about Wicked like that. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I should post a video of me doing- are you just now getting your charger? You know what? I told Summer, she's- before we started recording, she said, I'm gonna have to get my phone- my computer charger. Are you talking to me? And I said, why don't you do that right now? And she chose to do it now, in the middle of our recording. Not before, <laughs> like I said to do. If you guys wanna see what I'm working with. I didn't hear a single thing you just said. Good, just wait. I was just slandering you, so I'll, I'll leave it in. So Summer, what was your moment of desperation this week? Well, I haven't been sleeping at all. So, um, you know, that's, that's contributed to some of my desperation this past week. Every day has been a little rested. bit- Thank you. Um, I think it's the third cup of cocoa that did it. I <laughs> I have been. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> no, I I did have a really tough week. You know, with the not the time change per se, because that hasn't happened yet. But I noticed yesterday how dark it got at like seven o'clock at night, and that is indicative of what is to come, which is uh, seasonal depression. But I would like to share something wonderful because you talked a couple episodes back about your Taylor Swift and like Jonas Brothers friendship bracelets, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to a little Halloween party last night and it was a middle school themed Halloween party. So my friend Kylie was the host and she dressed up as Team Edward and I dressed up as Lisa Frank, so basically the theme was like stuff from middle school and they had all different snacks. They had like gushers and fruit roll-ups and just like lots of nostalgic stuff. And when I walked in, 
Kylie gave me friendship bracelets for my birthday. So they're really beautiful. I wanted to show you. The first one says Summer, which oh, is my name. Fun. And it's all pink and pretty. I really like that. Um, I'm going to go in order of my favorites, I think. And then the second one is pink and purple, and it says Blanche. Blanche, Blanche, Blanche. I love you, Blanche. <laughs> I love you, Blanche. I love you, Blanche. <laughs> and the third one was the kicker for me um, because, you know, it's it's got the green and black. And what do you think is written on here? Severus. 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 Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? I saw, the, I saw the EV and I knew. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a really nice surprise. And it was a nice way to sort of combat the desperation that I've been experiencing, which is really just extreme over-exhaustion and the changing of the seasons. Yeah. Well, when does time the time change start? Do we know? Uh, I think the equinox is... Well, I'll tell you in a second, that actually. simply has nothing to do with the time change. No, it is. It's it's the autumnal equinox. No, it's not. Yes, it is. The autumnal equinox is September 21st. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, it is not. <laughs> First of all, an equinox is not a change of seasons. An equinox is when there's only a summer equinox and a winter equinox. No, there's the vernal equinox. No. No, that's for spring, the vernal equinox. Get it together. No, I thought equinox means when the day and the night is exactly the same. No! And that's only in the summer and the winter. No, and it's incorrect. something else in the fall and spring. I'm Googling this right now. Half of our listeners right now are like, wow, these girls are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to college in an in a while. What is an equinox? I, I dare you to Google yes, vernal I'm correct. equinox. I am no, correct. Yes, incorrect. I am. The time or date twice a year at which the sun crosses the celestial equator when day celestial? and night are <laughs> when day and night are okay, we're both right. So this says when day and night are approximately equal length. So that is not so it is in the spring and the fall, but it's when it's equal, so it's not changed seasons. Okay, but what you're thinking of is the solstice, and what yes. I'm thinking of is the equinox. Okay, I got them mixed up, but I was right. My name is equal. Summer, equinox of course I know equal. this. Okay. Oh, okay. And that's interesting. But if you, okay, if you look up the vernal equinox, it says Tuesday, March 19th, 11.06 p.m. And for okay, some no. reason... That's why we were both right, because I had the seasons, you had the seasons right, and I had the, the thing right. So I knew it was equal, but I thought it was in winter and summer. Let's get more vague. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what <laughs> Okay, but, but here's here's... Here's the but thing. daylight savings time is fake. Like that's something Correct. that we made up as so it's not it has nothing to do with the equinox. So I don't know why you would bring that into the conversation. Anyway, what about you, Christy? What was your moment of desperation this week? So since starting this podcast, I realized um great something out of the ordinary happens to me every single week. I don't know when this started. <laughs> I don't know if maybe I just started noticing, but I feel like all my moments of desperation are like unhinged every time they're a little bit big I'm scale uh, yeah so um <laughs> i'm so crazy uh. wait 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 do this for for um the thumbnail we don't have Thanks. a thumbnail but we'll put it on a t-shirt <laughs> 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 um, why is my mom trying to facetime me leave me alone i can't uh, answer this right now god um anyway so, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't think I've actually brought it up, but I work... Mom, stop! I'm recording oh, the podcast right now. Do not answer... Do not call me. Okay. I'm, I'm doing my podcast right now. Hey, girly pop. I'm recording my podcast. Don't call me. I love you. Love you. You're so mean. <laughs> anyway... 
get through this. <laughs> the podcast so. gods said do not speak. So, I don't know if I've actually spoken about this on the podcast, but I work at Disney during the day at the studio. So, my office is off the studio lot. So, I was walking there for our 100th anniversary party last week on the 14th. And to get there, uh, first of all, it was, I was going through an obstacle course. Again, we are in full support of the SAG strike. I want everybody to get a fair pay, like amazing, do what you gotta do. I had to, the SAG strike was in full swing. That Usually they're done by like noon. They knew we were having a party, so they stayed longer. I, I marched right through that strike. I got a stink eye from an, a desperate house, uh, not desperate housewives. Oh my god, <laughs> a Grey's Anatomy actor I will not name. <laughs> oh, wait, that's insane. <laughs> he looked. I was like, oh my god. I looked and he, he glared. I was like, he hissed. I'm just trying to get to my studio party. Thank you. <laughs> I'm marching through. It just keeps getting where I have to fully like walk around these people, and I'm like, I support you guys, but like I'm going to my party. Um. It reminded me of something very specific and I, I can't tell you what it was but anyway so I'm just like hobbling over to the party I get there a little early and so we're just like looking at everything Bob Iger walks by and I'm like oh my god Bob Iger I love him so much it's like my king um so I'm like that's so cool like we saw Bob Iger I, I've been there for two years haven't seen him yet I saw him so many times that day summer like I don't need to see Bob Iger ever again <laughs> I actually think Bob Iger would love this podcast, by the way. I know he's probably a listener because I think he supports all of his employees. So we had a little tent set up with like a few like Disney historian authors. And I was looking at their books. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like maybe I'll buy one. I step to walk away. I turn. I run straight into Bob. We are face to face. Me and Bob Iger. <laughs> you and Bobby I? <laughs> Me and Bobby I. Literally like as close to my mic as I am right now. And I was just like, and he goes, hello. And I was like, hi, sorry. And then I'm trying to back up. I turn and Alan Bergman's standing on the other side of me. He's head of the, the studio, head of, head of Disney picture studio. And I'm just standing in between Bob Iger and Alan Bergman talking over me fully. They don't even know. They don't even see me. And they're like, yeah, hey, let's go over here or wherever. And I'm just like, you guys don't know you have your next big star right here. <laughs> have you ever heard of We Are Going to Tell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was God. crazy. And then I like walked away. I was like, oh my God, I, can't, I never want Bob Iger to see me ever again. That was so embarrassing. I just ran into him. Christy, that's a wonderful story. I know. So what's going to happen to me next week? Who knows? <laughs> Keep it on this keep it in the same vein as everything else that's been happening because none of this is like negative stuff, you know, like it's all good. That is true. I know. I feel like moment of desperation. I don't want it to be like a negative. We need to have like, we need to change it. Cause I don't want it to be like a negative thing that happens. It's just like, I felt like a little just desperation. Okay. Well, everybody summer once again, did not watch the last five minutes of this episode. So <laughs> it's kind of my thing. <laughs> I guess it's her new thing. I guess she'll tell us how she feels next week. When we're recording together. Anyway, so this episode is called Your Fault. Yes, it is. Yeah. So we start off. Um, it's a little monologue of Susan, and she's being judgy looking at Lynette's kids. She's like, oh, her kids are rabid and terrible. I have a perfect daughter named Julie Meyer. She can do no wrong. And then she catches Julie and Zach making out. Julie! Stop. <laughs> Here's the thing. My, my sole note for this scene is that I was Julie as a kid. I see so much of my young self in Julie. And then I grew up to be Susan. That's so true, honestly. Yeah, because you were like a goody goody kid. Now you're a little cuckoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, 
Um, also, Lily's now 14. Okay, I swear, did she just have her 13th birthday party or was she turning? Yes. 13? No, that was, uh, oh, I'm so it mad because. It was her birthday, right? I'm not crazy. Yes, I it was back her 13th in my notes. birthday. The pilot, she was 10. She became 13 in that last episode and now she's 14. Come on. She was, she was not 10 in the pilot. Okay, I have to watch that back. I don't think they gave her an age in the pilot. Did we discuss it? I know I don't I don't know what episode we discussed it. I can't listen to our first episode. No, no, I mean and neither can I can't, any of our like, listeners. All the other oh. like, do. I can't listen to that one. Um but they just keep and they talked about how Julie's fourteen a lot. Like it's only been a few weeks. We're only thirteen episodes in. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. again, Mark Cherry Math. I'm not pleased with it, but there's nothing I can do about it now. I'm not going to retcon it. It's not my place. Yeah, I but, mean, also I think it's because we're really diving into it because I never noticed Julie's age changes before. That's true. And you've watched it so many times. So many times that I've never noticed. Um, But I just, like, also can't believe that she fell for him after he told her that he killed his baby sister because that's what he thinks. He's like... I'm a murderer. I killed a kid. I killed a kid. And she's like, oh my God, he's so hot and gorgeous and amazing. Like, what the heck? Julie, where are your You friends? know how people are into Ted Bundy? Yeah. I oh think my it's God. that. She totally would have, she would have been obsessed with Ted Bundy. That's her fatal flaw. <laughs> yeah. Andrea oh Bowen, God. please weigh in. <laughs> yeah. We know, we know you know about us, Andrea Bowen. Come on. Um, <laughs> and then Carlos. Carlos contributes nothing to this episode. He's just lounging on the couch. And yeah. um, Gabby sees John Rowland's parents. So she runs outside. She goes, oh my God, what's going on? Um, I feel like Carlos was there. Like he was in the shot just so that we were reminded that he's still around. He was only in that shot and then one shot in the end that you probably didn't watch. Which is funny because <laughs> his character contributed the same amount that like Rex did like last week or the week before. And Why we were like, that wasn't, that? but that's the thing. We were like, that wasn't Stephen Culp. Right. But, this, but they had a Ricardo Chavira. Ricardo Chavira. Like I Ricardo love when Chavira. you say that. <laughs> it's my favorite thing that comes out of your mouth. I've been so Puerto Rican this week, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Gabby shows up and she says like a lot of nothing in the scene because she's like, oh my God. Yeah. John and I, I haven't seen him in weeks. Um, he's been calling me and calling me and calling me and I don't answer. And then they're like, please go see him. And she's like, we had a clean break. Did you, did you though? So yeah. So they're like, Hey, um, he, wants to mow lawns for the rest of his life instead of going to college. I don't know if it's because I was so exhausted watching the episode, but I felt like Gabby and Lynette were fighting for the D story this episode. Really? Because I think, no, I think Lynette had a pretty prominent storyline this episode. But it wasn't even she about was her. focus. I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but... If we're ranking them, I, I think Lynette technically came in D, and Gabby has very much, like, C story. I think this was just kind of filler episode. Yeah. So, um, that's why it feels like that, because TV shows aren't made that way anymore. That's a great point. Yeah. It's just different now. Like, now they don't have space to just, like, have fun filler episodes and meet a bunch of random characters, because... It all has to make a point. Stupid. Writers guilt. Writers strike over, but I still have some qualms. Um, but I think that going to your son's mistress, middle not middle aged, but like older mistress, to be like, "Hey, can you make him go to college?" is crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah. and even the mom goes, you know, the whole statutory, statutory rape, rape thing, thing. <laughs> that was a great line 
Also, the dad not caring. It's so true. Like, when you're the son, when you're the parent of a daughter, like, if this was roles were reversed and it was like a 16 year old girl 30 year old man this man would have shot gat like he would have yes. killed carlos let's say but he's just like eh, whatever like, he does not the dad doesn't care do you think he's that like, eh, whatever that is something that is a testament to the time period or that is still the case today i think it's still the case today yeah definitely different with being a boy mom and a girl mom well, listen, I don't mean to sound controversial, but if... Are you filing your nails? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Is it making that. noise? Okay, yes. never mind. <laughs> Sorry, one of them was really bothering me. Okay. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't mean to sound controversial, but women have the short end of double standards in everything else. Mm-hmm. So maybe this isn't that bad. Do you I know guess. what I mean by that? I don't know. See, this is the thing, like, I actually don't care about this. Like, I, I just don't think... <laughs> Christy, I, Christy Gomez... a scandal to me. Christy like, Gomez uh, doesn't care about pedophilia pass at all. <laughs> <laughs> Like, whatever. It's I said this in episode one. It's just a scandal. It's just whatever. It's just suburbia. But here's the thing, like men, their brains are mush until they're like fifty. So I don't really I don't I can't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to speak on. We're filming. It's okay. Um oh, yeah, it's really late for you. I'm gonna go to bed right after this. I'm like tired girl. You're like, oh it's seven o'clock. I'm so tired. It is. This is my self-care hour. Um <laughs> so then Tom's dad, Rodney, is visiting and he gets to the house and Parker's on the roof. I hate Parker. He's so such a little wuss. I'm a Parker hater. Yeah, you know what? Rodney should have used the word wuss instead of girl, meaning wuss. <laughs> yeah, so Rodney tries to get Parker off the roof and says, you're being a little girl right now. And it reminded me of like when we were kids and be like, you run like a girl. Yeah. I was like, I am one. Yeah. People just catch like all a girl. Time. Like what? I, I, I will never understand girl as an insult. Listen, I could get on my feminist soapbox, but I think that sort of language and that sort of mindset has really impacted the way we see the world now. I think the reason why when I'm in workout classes with like men, I can't take breaks because yeah. I'm like, I'm stronger than you. Like when I'm in a yeah. little dainty Pilates class, I'm like, mm, this is hard, girlies. <laughs> but when I see men in that class, I'm like, I will end you. I will defeat you. So then we get to Brie and Rex's divorce proceedings. Here's the thing. I hate him. How are you? How are you going to say you want a divorce? You can't handle this marriage. You don't love her. You and make perfect food. You don't burn toast. You did this to yourself, Rex Vandekamp. You are the reason. You cannot go back on this now because you realize you're going to lose everything. He's literally sitting there. They're both at a hu their huge dining table, so many lawyers. She's like, I want the country club membership. I want this, I want this. And he goes, you really have to do this. Like, I, my jaw dropped. I was like, you were adamant about this divorce. Like, she hung on she was like he's gonna come back he's gonna come back but of course the second she manifested <laughs> she did no because she let go there was no resistance once she let go literally the very second she's like i don't care about this man he was like please brie i love you i've never wanted this divorce uh, it made me viscerally angry you're just a man, it's just what you do. But you're just a boy. <laughs> I'm still working on this, the mashup. Yeah, it's coming, you guys. Um, no, but it's just like, <laughs> he insults, <laughs> he insults yeah, 
about you guys. So he's insulting all the lawyers. He goes, you want to do this without all the, with all these vultures here? And they all just look at each other. And she just stands her ground. She goes, I want the country club membership. And then they all smirk. Like, come on, man. It, it just twisted me up inside. But I was so glad Brie stood her ground as she does now because she we've seen so much character development from her so from everybody character. really but mostly from her yeah like so she quickly. is she will not back down anymore she's like no i don't care and obviously she still loves him for some reason um whatever <sighs> can't imagine why mm. in the next scene we see susan has gone over to paul's house and Susan is expressing her concerns about uh, Julie and Zach being together and Paul's like, oh, they're just kids. They're just being kids. And this was one of those rare moments of seeing Paul like purely sweet and not intentionally being creepy, I think. But then he reveals that he sold the house. Okay. I want Paul and Susan to be together. I, I felt the chemistry. I felt chemistry. I was like, where's Mike? Why? Like, it's giving Beauty and the Beast. It's giving, there's something sweet, but almost kind. Oh. But he was mean like and he, he was, was coarse and unrefined. <laughs> yes, yes. And we'll get to this later, but especially them dancing together. I was like, I ship this in an unhealthy way. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, fanfic. Like, wait. In another, Adding it in to the another list. life, I would be your girl. <laughs> I want to take a poll on our Instagram or our TikTok and see which fanfics the listeners want and like in what order. Because if we start putting those out on the Patreon, everybody can vote and maybe everybody else will have sort of the same feelings about Susan and Paul. Um, also, so Zach is like, watching Susan and Paul speak being just like he literally loves watching being the a voyeur he, he is into voyeurism <laughs> I don't know what that means can you tell me what voyeur means yeah it's when you like to watch or be watched <laughs> oh okay but in his case he likes to watch think about when we saw him watching Susan in her little negligee and oh, now yeah. we see him watching her talk to his dad. So so he's just watching the shadows, and then he hears Paul go, oh, I sold the house. What, dad? And then he starts, like, having a meltdown. And then he says, uh, I wish mom shot you instead. Yeah, that was out of pocket. Which, like, so you wish that instead of your mom committing suicide, tragic, you wanted her to become a homicidal woman <laughs> and kill your father or like and then murder suicide what, is that what he wanted to be an himself? orphan yeah yeah like he could have said i wish you killed yourself instead but no yeah i wish mom shot you like Zach, okay. that was that was too big that was too much that, <laughs> that was too much and he really let him off and then he was like what you think you can just drug me like i would put him back on the pills <laughs> i liked him when he was quiet get my, get my kid on the pills yeah get him back on like lidophane or whatever he was on speaking of no, I literally don't know how to connect these two scenes. In the next scene, we see Tom's dad is on the couch with a woman named Lois McDaniel, and Lynette catches him because she has to go back inside to get Parker's baseball mitt or something. Lynette has the feminist award for the episode. She hates Rodney for having an affair, and, that, like... Your son has a huge family. Why, why would you bring a woman over? Like, it's not like it's just them. And you, like, there, there's, right. like, 20 of them living in that house. And he just brings a right. random woman over? Crazy. Why couldn't he go to her house or something? For, right? Or her hotel? 
it's just so not his place to have a guest in their home. I think that's just incredibly disrespectful on a basic level. So gross. I will say, though, I liked that we saw a grandpa who wasn't, like, just, oh, I'm grandpa. Like, he fully was, like, <laughs> kind of like a young, <laughs> like, a young grandpa, which is, nor like, that's more normal than you would think. We just wouldn't see that in media. Right, like, sprightly. Yes, like, young, still working, yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting that he was still like a, just, a, you're just a man, you're just you know? a boy, but yeah. we hate Rodney. Um, so then we get back to Brie and Rex, they're in the house together and Rex is like, come on, like you really don't want to get divorced, do you? Like, I was just kidding. He was in a silly, goofy mood. Is that what he's trying to say? He was like, I was in a silly, goofy mood for a few weeks. It's like the second his affair is over. Yeah, yeah. That's when he wants to get back together. Well, because Rex only cares about one thing, right? right. And it rhymes with sex. <laughs> well, I think he cares about two things, and I think they both <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> he cares about sex and Rex. And that's That should it. be our merch. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is called Sex and Rex. <laughs> sex and Rex, Sex and Rex. Hey, that's my line. Um Yeah, and Bree is like, "Well, I want whatever house they had somewhere." And he goes, "You're you're rarely going to Did she say Palm Springs house?" So the thing was Rex decided he was going to take the fine china and Bree is like you only took that because you know how much I love it and he's like you took the timeshare in Colorado and she's like yeah I'm never gonna use it so they they did sort of find equal footing on that and that they each got the thing the other wanted which is so stupid let Bree have the china and Rex have the timeshare it's really dumb it's like guys just take what you want instead of trying to hurt the other like enough hurt has gone around and you know who has to suffer the kids because they're never going to be able to go to Colorado ever again and they're going to go over to dad's house and he's going to be like hey guys breaking China today let's have fun <laughs> smashing China like cleaning it up Andrew would have fun smashing that China in fairness I don't think Danielle even realizes her parents are getting divorced that's true <laughs> That's true. She's just in her room like, la, 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 la. Brushing her hair 30 times in a row. 34, 107. No, she's so mean. No. And then Brie is like, I want revenge. And he goes, what, you want to have an affair? And she goes, yes. And he's like, okay. He just, like, doesn't really believe she's going to do it, which she's been out he with. He underestimates her. All the he time. He underestimates her all the time. All the time. He just doesn't see her as a person. Just no, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. He doesn't think that what she can have a What was the Taylor like, Swift line? The, the, the line where it's like, it? no, no, everyone thinks you're a, a one night or a wife. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get back to Susan, and she, the phone rings, and Julie's like, I got it! So obviously it's Zach. So she picks it up and listens in. I used to love doing this as a kid, like listening in on the landline. It was my favorite activity. Yeah. And as an amateur that Susan is, she doesn't put it on mute. Come on. So they can hear the Did they the have mute back then? Pedal. They did. I know this for a fact because I used to, I was like eight putting the phone on mute and she couldn't do just as much. And, um, she hears, uh, Zach talking about Dana. Dwab. Dwab, dwab, dwabity, dwab, dwab. <laughs> dwab merch coming soon, you guys. Yeah, we're working on it. We have so many empty promises. We will, we will keep. I know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to Bree sitting in a diner. Okay, my my note for this scene is George is being the creepiest man in the diner because we see him taking a note from Zach Young and emerging from the shadows to With walk the worst up look behind on his face Brie. ever. Yep, 
It was so mm, scary. I don't even he know. Just, he just goes, hi. Yeah. And she goes, oh, hello, yeah. George. I saw you from the window. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah. Stop. I can't, like, it's the middle of the night. The pharmacy closes at 6 o'clock. Um, so Bree invites him to join her at his table, which is her first mistake, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, her first mistake was talking to this man in general. Uh, and then she starts telling him about how much she's still in love with Rex. And she tells him about the first time they met, which I truly had to rewind because it's it was just so hysterical. She says they met the first week of college at a young Republican meeting. And she was like, we just, I loved what he said about the death penalty. So we stayed up all night in a diner talking about big government gun control and illegal immigration. So then Bree's like, I'm sorry, George. Like, I don't want to be talking about this. Like, I know how you feel about me. Uh, and he's like, no, I just want to help. Do you think he's a good person? And she goes, yeah, I do. And then he like clenches his fist, freaking out. There is nothing good about him. Nothing. Again, Brie has. I can't. Oh, did I write this down? Brie has terrible taste in men. Yeah. Terrible. She does. Until we get to Orson, of course. <sighs> well, then they ruined. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll get there. We'll get there. Eventually. I I just have a soft spot for early Orson. <laughs> I do too. I am actually very upset about what they do to Orson as a character. Because I think he was great yeah. for her. But, you know, we meet him hitting somebody with a car. It's like a whole... She just has terrible, terrible taste all around. Until, like, the lawyer guy at the end. And not for nothing, but Brie thinks that Rex Vandekamp is the one. Are you kidding? That's why... Nobody should get married before they're, like, 30. Minimum. Minimum. They say 25. If, 25 is when you first get your brain development. You yeah. need a few years to figure it out. 30. Like, you should not be getting married before the age of 30, because that's crazy. Everybody under 30 who's married listening to this podcast right now is, like, <laughs> unsubscribe. No, they should be re This should be a sign. They're like, oh, my God, I was thinking <laughs> If Listen, you are lady, under 30 and you're thinking about marrying your partner, stop. Don't do it. Being, di <laughs> being a divorcee before 30 is also a huge slay. I think that's, that's so true. cool. So then we cut to Brie coming home. All the lights are off. It's definitely later in the night and Rex is sleeping on the couch and he's laying on his side so you can't see his face until Brie starts to go up the stairs and we pan down and we see Rex is wide awake and he's just, you can practically see the gears turning in his evil little mind. Yeah, now he's freaking out. He's like, oh my God, she got home so late at night. Maybe she does have what it takes to have an affair. And good, he should suffer. Mm -hmm. Clap yeah. if you think she should suffer. Toby thinks I'm fully speaking to myself right now. Anyway, <laughs> on to the then, next. Then in the next scene, we see Lynette confronting Tom's dad. And here's the thing. I told you, I was exhausted watching this episode. So this entire time up until this scene, I thought that was Lynette's dad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in this scene that I was like, why is she calling him by his first name instead of calling him dad? I also hate so, his name Rodney. I know. I, I don't like think it. real people are named Rodney. Like, Rodney is reserved for cartoon mice. Yeah. Hey, if your name is Rodney, come forward, please. Or please if you know Rodney. Forward. Please Will the step real forward. Rodney please stand up? <laughs> I just wrote down Rodney's cholesterol because he takes a huge, huge thing of butter. Like, you're an old man. You should not be eating that. He, well, he is sprightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, it runs in my family. What can I say? Yeah, you also eat a lot of hamburgers. It's my nickname. What do you expect <laughs> me to do? <laughs> anyway, my note for this scene and 
pardon my French, is that Rodney's being kind of a little bitch. Mm-hmm. He is being reprimanded by Lynette for his actions. And he's like, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. And then immediately we see her put him out on the street. Good for her. That's why she won the Feminist Award this episode. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. Who cares that he's family? We, we don't support misogynists in this home. And then Tom comes home and she's like, I have something to tell you. I'm so sorry, but your dad's having an affair. And he goes, oh God, I thought he was done with this. Like he's really not phased. He's used to it. I think this is an interesting point to be made because we see, I don't want to call Tom lecherous, but we've seen him have some impure thoughts, right? <laughs> And now we're seeing that the apple does not, in fact, fall far from the tree. Okay, honestly, I disagree a little bit. I think seeing how bad Rodney is, Tom turned out really, really well considering. You think? I think so. I mean, he's not, like, out having affairs all the time. He's just, like, a little stupid. And this is, like, early in the show, too, where I don't think that they really have like their footing on who these characters are just yet um especially him because he was Doug Savant was still a guest star at this point so like he wasn't like that important oh really yeah he I wasn't a series that. regular until I think season two or three maybe mm. I don't know um but I think like yeah they he was like eyeing the nanny but the second he was like oh my god this might be a problem for me he was like get her out of here so I don't think, yeah. like, and he could have grown up and been like, oh, my dad had all these affairs. And he could fully be, he has so many kids. They've been together a long time. He could be having affairs on affairs already, but he's not. Fair enough point. Yeah. So then Gabby goes to John's apartment to be like, hey, like, you need to go to college. I need to say something. Please do. John Rowland reeks of desperation. I could practically smell him through the TV. John Rowland somehow, like, everybody has been getting better, except for John Rowland and Rex. Like, he started out, <laughs> he was just a little teenager with a side hustle and a mistress. That's cool, like, fine. But now, the second he turns 18, he has to live on his own. Like, you're still in high school. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be living in an apartment in your hometown. And he thinks, when he's like, Mrs. Solis, first of all, fully calling her Mrs. Solis. Mrs. Solis, I can provide a better life for you if I don't go to college. And just, he, he thinks he's going to make more money than Carlos. As an uneducated gardener. <laughs> in suburbia. In suburbia. And support Gabby, who we know loves, like, a good lifestyle. That's crazy. And for I him to say, everybody... will you marry me, Mrs. Solis? Come on. <laughs> Listen, if the woman you're proposing to has Mrs., as the prefix to her name, you yeah. have a problem. <laughs> you have an issue, especially if you are a high school student. <laughs> <laughs> no, but imagine, imagine by some strange twist, Gabby was like, okay, yeah, I'll marry you. Imagine the meeting going back to Helen and Mr. Roland. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, so did you do it? Did you convince him? to go to college. She's like, even better. <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Like, a 30? <laughs> like, what? Hey. No. Genuinely, what did John think? What? I'll, I'll tell you what. He 
didn't think because John no. Roland doesn't think about anyone. He has but... a smooth brain. He has a smooth, soft little brain right there. No wrinkles. He's like, like what's he really in it thought. for me? He he thought a thirty-year-old <laughs> ex-supermodel married to a multi-millionaire who yeah could be in jail soon. But he still has his money as of right now. I think the accounts are unfrozen. She's going to leave him for an 18-year-old, fresh out of high school, non-college graduate gardener. Come on, John. Come on. In what world? Not this one. Listen, I hate to use the word moron, but if the shoe fits. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the tea. Um, so then we get back to Julie and Zach, and they're getting ready to go to the dance together. And there's, they tried to make Paul look creepy again because he's helping Paul. He's helping um, Zach get ready, and I don't understand this shot of like him tying up his tie, like he's about to like suffocate him. And I actually liked that shot. It was interesting. It was just like, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. And I don't like to feel that way about Paul. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, whenever he does really creep me out, I'm like, okay, they're doing a good job here. Um, Here's the thing, though. I feel like every single time that Paul is in a scene with his son, they're, like, battling it out for who can be creepier, but Zach yes. will always win out. Always win, because he has... SS energy. School shooter. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like helping him with his tie. And Zach is like shaking like a little chihuahua. <sighs> I told, I told Julie what happened. And, and Paul's like, what happened, Zach? And he goes, I killed Dana, my baby sister. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Tell me what you said. Let me know. So Susan has decided to chaperone the dance, and then we see that Paul has also decided to chaperone the dance. And while they're there, Susan is talking to Brie about it. My only note for this scene is that Brie is really beautiful. That's all I got. Also, like, yes, but if Brie is chaperoning the dance, I think we should have seen Andrew and Danielle. Yeah, but what would they, they should have, have been on the call sheet? Just, like, you know, <laughs> to show why Brie was there, because it was just a little weird to see her there when she doesn't really have a connection to Julie. I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. Um. So they're, like, chit-chatting. Then... George goes to the pharmacy. This is the most important scene in the episode. Yeah. First of all, the pharmacy's dark. There's nobody else in there. It's yeah. literally, like, it looks like it's after hours. Maybe they, maybe it is a 24-hour pharmacy. Maybe I was wrong. Um, so he goes to get his medicine from, from George, and he's starting to feel threatened you can see because he's like, Brie's never going to love you. If she does anything with you, it's because she loves me. She loves me. Brie loves me. Come on. Rex is so deeply insecure that he has resorted to being an instigator to George. Like we said, do not be mean to the men who mix your medicine. That's all I could think of this entire scene because he, all he's doing, he's trying to get his prescription and George sees it. And he looks, and this is absolutely, this is the biggest turning point for Rex and, and George. If this never, if he never went to the pharmacy, who knows how this show would have ended. But, um, I know the pivotal moment. Weird to think about. I know. One night, one night changed his life forever. I want to see the spinoff. Spinoff of what? They're both dead at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll think about it. Okay, add it to the list. Um, so after, like, Rex <laughs> is trying to, like, be, like, macho, bully, I have her, not you, he's like, anyway, I just wanted to get my prescription. George sees it, and he's like, oh, it's not here. 
And Rex is like, okay, bye. I think, like, why didn't Rex, like, I, obviously he would have your prescription. Why, why didn't he go, like, hey, can you double check? And because then, Rex is a stupid man. That's true. That's true. I don't and know why I even thought. I think my biggest problem with this scene is that Rex, in his meanness, in his vitriolic, insecure state, says something so out of pocket. And he's like, Brie is a classy woman, and women like that end up with doctors, not pharmacists. Who are you to say that? I can't believe you... I'm words right now. I know. You need this man's help. You deserve everything you get, Rex Vandekamp. Oh, also, so the last shot we see of George, he, like, throws away um, Rex's pills. And then it's just a really creepy shot of him, like, going into the... Um, going into the pharmacy aisle. I hated that. Yeah, he gives <sighs> big ick. Mm, don't like it. So then we get to the dance, and Paul goes up to Susan. He goes, do you care to dance? They are such a good couple. I know. Are they as good as Susan like, and Mike? A little, <laughs> like, a little bit behind. I think, like, I wonder if the, the writers were, like, gonna plant something and they were gonna do something with this and then just didn't yeah i could definitely see them doing that because they're kooky crazy yeah. cuckoo cuckoo crazy yeah like oh my god and they were just dancing together i was like were terry hatcher and mark moses having an affair <gasps> is that what happened maybe they were like jennifer aniston and david schwimmer and they like secretly loved each other we discussed this last and week that's why. <laughs> i know but like that's why maybe that's why it's like coming off like this maybe it wasn't supposed to and it just is because they're in love yeah but terry hatcher also looks like she's in love with james denton well, who could blame so her? she's just a very good actress that's true um, but no, I just wrote, they're a hot couple. Like, I'm a, I love them. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Um, and then Susan's like, as they're dancing the night away, she's like, hey, by the way, um, Zach told Julie that he killed a baby. <laughs> Dana was a baby. baby. And Paul goes... Zach was just a baby himself, and he killed his little sister. And, and okay, but the way he said it was so, like, oh, yeah, Zach killed his sister. Like, like it was so blasé. My man is so good at lying. Like, he is so quick. He'd be great so in an improv class. Like, the way he was so excited when he thought, when Zach was like, I know I killed my sister. He was like, oh, my God, thank God. And he was like, yeah, like, that's what happened. You know, I just, I'm sorry. Like, we really don't like to talk about it. And Susan completely changes. And she's like, oh, oh, my God, Paul. Wow. Wow. I just, like, can't believe you guys dealt with that all by yourself. The fact that's that they're crazy. having this incredibly intimate, high-stakes conversation in the middle of a high school, or not even high school, yeah, high school dance is absurd. Was, like, Brie watching this? Was Julie watching this? Like, were they not seeing them, like, look like they're in love in the middle of this high school dance? It's crazy. They were the only two Mary people Alice in the room. rolling in her grave. Yeah. So Paul and Zach are leaving the dance. And Paul is like, hey, so Susan told me what you said. It's actually not true. And he tells him the truth. And it's like, Paul, once again... He he does too much. Yes. It's a it's a theme in this family. Yeah, like he just always keeps digging up he didn't have to dig up the, the uh thing. No, he did not. He didn't have he did not have to go back to Martha's body no, he did and not. get the jewels. He could have just left it. And he certainly did not have to correct Zach into telling him the truth. But he did it because he's a good dad and <sighs> he felt bad that Zach thought he was a murderer. So he was like, no, I'm just going to tell you exactly what happened so you don't feel guilty over nothing. Um, and then John's parents, Maul Gabby again, 
and they're like, where's the ring? Where's the ring, Gabby? Where's my grandmother's ring? And she's like, Rel- I was going to give it back. Relax. Yeah, of course she was. Yeah, I can't believe she took it to begin I with. I know. And um, the the mom, he- Helen, she goes into the car and she's like, she asks, tells the dad, she's like, hey, like, thank you for not being mad at me. I don't understand why you are. And he just gets really creepy towards her. Like, immediately. And I almost felt like it wasn't necessary. Like, I don't know why that had to be in there. It was important because it's like, that's just how men are. They see women as objects. And once again, he saw Gabby as an object. And he was like, I wish I made a mistake like you. Like, he couldn't just be a good dad being like, oh, my kid makes mistakes. These things happen. No. He was like, I was such a good kid. He didn't. It was creepy. I hate men. I think a common theme of this episode, too, is like, you don't need to tell the truth. You don't need to. No. No. He could have just said, my kid makes mistakes. It's, I'm not going to let him grow. That's it. And then yeah. he had to go creepy. Well, he, they thought he was a good guy. I know. He really had and so Gabby, much potential. I know. And then Gabby, like, feels really icky after that. You can see it. She's yeah. like, oh, God. Of course she does. Poor, Poor Gabby. Helen. Oh. I feel bad for Helen. She's a terrible husband and a terrible son. She doesn't even know it. So then we see Zach and Paul get home from the dance. And Zach is now like, okay, well, thank you so much for telling me the truth. And Zach blackmails Paul by telling him that he won't reveal their secret as long as they don't move. He's like, oh, but by the way, we're not moving. And who are you, little 15-year-old shrimp? To tell Paul Young what he can and can't do with his house. Fully blackmailing him now. And it's like, Paul, again, like, doesn't make good decisions. Yeah. Because, like, what did you expect? Your kid's <gasps> a freak. Oh, my God! What? Sorry. There are flies <gasps> in my apartment. I'm really having a tough week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So, he's like, I'll keep your secret dad. Oh, no, he's like, I'll keep your secret if we don't move, dad. And the way he says dad, it's like, hmm, why did he say it like that? Like, if that's your real name. Exactly. And we will soon find out why. Indeed. Um, did you still watch the next scene, Summer? I wrote that Lynette has the D story again, can my girl get a win? And that was my last oh. note. Nice, okay. So Lynette and Tom are laying in bed together. Oh, yes. And Lynette's like... Hey, um, I don't, why were you so cool about your dad's affair? Like, I'm worried. It doesn't sit right with her. Yeah, he's like, I'm not my dad. Like, don't worry. And she's like, okay, but just so you know, I'm going to leave you if you ever do that, you sly dog. (laughs) I'm going to leave you. You sly dog (laughs) takes me out every single time. You sly dog. (laughs) It's just so funny. You sly dog. (laughs) You sly dog. You sly dog. Oh, I've been waiting okay, for this you, one. Write it down, you sly dog merch. She goes, you sly dog. If you ever leave me, I'm going <laughs> to kill you and I'm taking all the kids and you'll never see us again. And then Tom has a look on his face. He goes, oh, uh-oh, that's bad. But Lynette is a queen. She's like, I'm not accept- I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept this treatment. No, if you're cheating on me, you're out. And then he's like shaking. And then... He goes downstairs to, like, collect his thoughts, and his dad comes down. And he's like, why are you up, son? And he goes, oh, I don't know, Lynette. There's something she doesn't know. Yes. And if she finds out, I'm worried. And, okay, every time I watch this show, I never remember what that is. Is it not Kayla? That comes way later. Oh. Yeah, I always think it's Kayla, and it's not Kayla. And it's, like, something stupid. All right, guys, Summer didn't watch the rest of the episode once again, so it's all on me now. Gabby goes to return the ring. Naturally. And the first shot we see is John screaming, throwing up, throwing things. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know why you don't want to marry me, Mr. Solis. Maybe because she has misses in her name? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, John, like, I can't. He goes, Mr. Solis is going to go to prison. And... (laughs) <laughs> and you could be with me a gardener and, and she goes we're gonna be poor he goes he, she goes we're gonna be poor and he goes 
we'll be poor and happy. She goes, I've tried poor and happy. Newsflash, I wasn't happy. It's like, exactly, exactly. Good for her. Thank you. Money buys happiness. And then she goes, you're just a sweet, dumb toy. And then he goes, and he runs out, but then she starts crying after. I do remember her calling him a sweet, dumb toy from like the last time I watched this. Yeah, so then you see a shot of her crying, and it made me sad because she has to just do what's best for her and for him. Um, and then Susan is just in the house, opens the door. Zach, he's like, Zach comes, and he goes, where's Julie? And Susan goes, she's in the shower. I don't know why you'd say that because I feel like when you tell – I don't know. Yeah, it gives him a mental image. Like, Exactly. Like, why would you be like, oh, yeah, my daughter's, my 14 year old daughter's naked upstairs right now? Yeah, like, don't, yeah don't that's do that. so icky. Just say, yeah, just say she's busy. She's studying. I don't know. So she's like, she's in the shower. What do you want? And Zach goes, I just came over to tell Julie that uh, I'm not moving anymore. And Susan's freaking out. She goes, no, okay, well, if you're not moving, then. Um, then you guys can't be together because I don't like you. Good for her. As she should. <laughs> she said, you're she's just weird. She's being a parent. She's being, for once, she's protecting her daughter. She's like, no, Zach, you're really weird and you guys can't be together. And then Zach starts having a very similar meltdown to what John Rowland just did. It's, it's like a weird common like, theme with the teenage boys in this show. These teenage boys in Fairview, Fairview, California, are horrible. Um... And then he literally freaks out. And she goes, okay, you just made this very easy for me. Like, I never want to see you again. And then she goes, she's only 14. How old is Zach supposed to be? I think, like, Because she 15. keeps saying, he's only 14, he's only 14, he's only 14. 15? Okay. For, if he was 16, I get it. I feel like there's... 14, 15, I don't think there's much of a difference. I agree. 14, 16 is a big difference. Yeah. So, I just, like... I mean... Well, she was 13 three weeks ago. Yeah. So it's like... She just if turned she's 14, 13. <laughs> if she's 14 in 8th grade and he's 15 in ninth grade, I think that's a big difference. But 15 is sophomore year of high school. So for you, because you... <laughs> for everybody else, no, that's freshman year. That doesn't year. make any sense. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. You were born after the cut. New York is different. If you were in another state with when you were born, you would have been older in your class. That's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not, we're not, I'm not getting, I'm not, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so she would have been everywhere else in the country. If she's 14 turning 15. She just turned okay. 14. Like, she just turned 13 and now she's <laughs> so if she's in eighth grade and he's in ninth grade that's a huge difference to me yeah. it's middle school yeah. high school but if she's 14 turning 15 and she's a, a freshman there's no way she's, she's turning a 15. sophomore that's okay yeah but i'm just saying hypothetically she speaking. just turned like, how 13. old is zach but they just aged up in three weeks i don't know you can't tell me um, that zach is over 14 like i i would say 15 is the highest you can go yeah, I, I I don't think he's, but but Susan acts like they're they're John and Gabby. Yeah, like they can't be more than a a year apart, yeah. a year or two. Um, then I wrote Carlos doesn't contribute anything to the episode. There's just like a little uh, montage of Rodney leaving and stuff like that. Um, and then Zach and Julie meet in secret, Ugh. and they're like. My mother doesn't want us to be together, but I we have to be together. I said they're giving Romeo and Juliet a little bit. Ugh. They're so dramatic. I know. So, and then and then that's the end of the episode. So you didn't miss too much, but okay. I think you missed some pretty important pivotal scenes. Yeah, I'll try to catch the <laughs> the whole episode for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> no, it's kind of funny when I don't get it though. You know, not for me, because then I have to breeze through the last five minutes and we can't have a conversation. We can't have like a conversation about hey, it. Hey, I'm happy to conversate. Um, 
So same old, same old, subscribe to our TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And our Patreon, because certainly we will have content there Patreon. soon enough. <laughs> we're going to film a lot of Patreon content, and we're going to be up and running soon, you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, until next week, this has been... We know what you did. It makes us sick. We're going to Bye-bye now. Bye.